into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome back, Clone Club, to the season finale, season three finale. I can't believe it came so soon. It all happened too quickly. Ten episodes is not enough. No. Mm-mm. History yet to be written. <laughs> and across from me, giving them all with the Clone Club dance, as always, Megan Salinas. Hi, everybody. You can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And Anna Koppel. Hey, everybody. Koppel from Air, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. I, of course, am Will Link. Of course I am. Who of else would I be? <laughs> and uh, I am so excited to break down the season finale. I'm so sad it's over, but they left us with a lot to talk about. And what I loved about this season finale was... Although we do have some big cliffhangers, and we're going to get to the Delphine, the Who Shot <sighs> Delphine, which is... Hashtag Who Shot Delphine. Yeah. I, okay, this is probably an insensitive comparison to make, given that we don't know whether or not Delphine's alive, uh, but that she's probably dead. It reminds me a little bit of The Simpsons, Who Shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's completely insensitive. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel so bad. Or the uh, the Who Shot JR back oh, from the eighties. Okay. Yeah. The new version of that. Who Shot JFK? I feel like that's, that's yeah. Who more Shot Kennedy and Who yeah. Shot Delphine? Yeah. Maybe it was the same. But they same shot Delphine from the grassy knoll. Seriousness yeah. that we're talking about. Um, but what I actually she did re- fall back into the left. I'm just saying. <laughs> Assassination humor on a new. But here's here's the other oh, thing that I uh, loved about this finale, that although there, there were some cliffhangers, it really ended more on an emotional note, and a note about family, and in the last scenes, you have all these different generations of women. First of all, in the very last scene, you have... Uh, you have four generations. You have Kira and Sarah and Mrs. S and uh, Kendall. Exactly. Yeah. And even in the scene before that, you had Charlotte and Rachel and Susan Duncan. So I, I thought that was a great way to end the season. Yeah, no, there were a lot of good parallels. Um, a lot of twists. Uh, just did not expect certain groups to come back. Um and it really threw me for a loop that um, that Rachel wasn't as in control of her her getaway as I thought she was initially. So a lot of interesting twists this episode. Yeah, uh, this by far I feel has been the best season finale so far. I think it's been the best season yeah, overall. That, that that might be true. I don't I don't know. I feel like, I mean we can maybe debate this some other time. But season one was just so like new and exciting. Yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be like a topping season one. But uh, but this season was incredible and 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 so emotional. This finale, so emotional, and just every scene. What and it could almost have been a series finale. I felt like you know if um yeah if they if they hadn't been renewed this this would feel emotionally satisfying with the exception of you know the loose ends that need to be tied up. But the emotional closure was there at least in terms of getting family back together. Right. I mean they brought back Jesse 
Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was great. I got some oh, thoughts on that, that yeah. But <laughs> I, Hello, I agree Going. with you that. Because I kind of, when I picture how this series is going to end, because I do think it's a show that's going to, when it does end, and they're hoping to do five seasons, and when it does end, I feel like it's going to end on a very similar note. I could imagine the last scene of this just being all the sestras sitting around together and just end on a... Just being together. Yeah. And it's like we've... We've done it. We've, I guess, now defeated the Neolutionists. <laughs> take who are, that, are Dyad. Take that, Caster. <laughs> take that, Neolutionists. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Each year, it's clear we have a new... Like in the season finale last year, we saw Caster was going to be the big villain of the season, and now next season, it's going back to the Neolutionists. I forget about them sometimes because they were just those guys dancing in the club, just hanging out and just being jerks. <laughs> well, they, they, even Delphine calls them like pop science in, in this episode. Right. And But I guess they're a little more serious we than we thought. underestimated them. I just thought yeah. they were... They were club people. <laughs> they were, <laughs> and, yeah, they're and, just party animals, yeah. literally. Literally party animals. Yes. Yeah, they had tails. It was great. Yeah, well, was that's what I'm hoping weird. now. Kinda a weird. season with more people with tails. Like, like the the bad guys in this season. It just looks like the island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there could be some crazy things happening in the next season. But uh, before we delve completely more into the 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 meat of this episode. I just want to take a quick moment to tell you once again uh, about the survey that we've been having you uh, do for us. Uh, we love hearing from you. You know, keep sending the tweets and comments and we read them all. Believe me, we read them all. And don't miss a chance uh, to take this important listener survey at podcastone.com. Your responses will help us make the show the best it can be. It takes about three minutes of your time, and you get the instant gratification of helping us here at After Buzz. So tell us how you feel. Do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Yeah, we, we love hearing from you guys on Twitter. For those of you who use the hashtag ABTVOrphanBlack, it's always a pleasure. We love getting your guys' feedback and what you think about the show. And, we do. And I just want to say this about the Clone Club in particular, and we're going to get to some of your tweets later. It's been, this season's been such a pleasure just tweeting with the Clone Club and, and talking. It's such a fun, interactive fan base that I can't... Uh, I mean, I don't know how it is with the fans on the other shows, but I feel like the Clone Club is easily the happiest, best fans you could have. <laughs> it's true. I just want to say, like, I, I, I do so love the Clone Club for this reason, because there are things that we miss that we get wrong, whatever, we can't remember, and the Clone Club is just like, it was this. Great. Thank you. Love it. There are other shows and other fans who where we like, do appreciate the fans, they can be mean. So. They can be very mean. Uh, no, these, these guys are really, really awesome and very, very passionate and it's just a pleasure to get to talk to them and hear their thoughts on the episode as well because we we pontificate for an hour, so it's nice to hear what they have to say too. Yes, exactly. They're great. And now let's get really into this episode. Uh, at the, Sarah and Mrs. S and Felix, they've brought Kendall back and with the help of Art, who I guess hadn't done anything in a while, so they had to give him something to do. Uh, he, <laughs> no, I miss, I miss Kevin Hanchard this season. I did too. He wasn't in it nearly enough. Uh, uh, for me, but it's always good you have that police connection, and they <laughs> yeah. they bring Kendall in, and basically Sarah knows that Caster knows she's there. Sarah knows that Topside knows she's there, and basically she decides we can't hide from both of them. We just kind of have to 
make a deal with the lesser of two evils, which is topside, because they're more linked with Diane. They're not trying to weaponize anything. Exactly. They're not actively going out and attacking people (laughs) with biological weapons that they've created. Right. At least not yet. Yeah, I'm I sure. Wouldn't that, past, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past. But also, they were they were interested in in, in Lita. They mm-hmm. they're all Operation Lita. So, you know, they never really pursued Caster, and it's fair to say maybe they assumed that they they wouldn't. And this produced a great scene where Ferdinand comes in, being all Ferdinand to <laughs> Delphine's office, and then Sarah comes out, and he realizes. Sarah was Rachel when they yeah. had their last encounter, <laughs> yeah. which I love. And it's I love amazing. how he just seemed so like like he wasn't even mad. He was just kind of more just like, oh, like good girl, yeah, impressed, yeah. a little turned on, yes, yeah, a little disappointed maybe, but like, well, there's nothing Ferdinand likes more than to be under the under heel, the heel. Of the clone. I'm yeah. a strong woman. <laughs> so, so they cut this deal, and this is. You know, I, I mean, I thought it was the right move. You have to, you're gonna have to be. Unfortunately, they always have so little power. It seems there's always someone bigger, and this, these are the people to to make the deal with. Uh, but the deal also involved they had to figure out a way to get Cody to top size people, and they decide to use Mark and Gracie. And they go hunt them down to this hotel room. And again, I feel bad for Mark and Grace. They, they know they're on borrowed time, and they just they love each other. They just want to be together. And it's it's nice to hear you know their side of things too. It's just like you know it is what it is. I'm going to die soon. We just wanted to spend you know the little time that I had left together. Yeah. And like it's like okay, I can empathize with that a little bit. Yeah, I get that. Um, but I, I also love this opportunity. We've been, you know, the beginning of the season, we were like, where, where's Felix in this? What, what is he doing? And now he's really stepped he up. Dorian. He picked a Dorian. <laughs> yeah. And even Sarah said that was badass. You know? He's like, like oh so, my God, it worked. Yeah. It was so great. He impressed himself. It was, was great. Like, yeah. I did it. This is awesome. Yeah. He had his big badass uh, action moment for the episode. Yeah. It was, yeah. And I, yeah, the joy he took in it himself. But it, but it was him, you know, sort of taking charge and, and having confidence. In in himself and like I can handle this and trust me to handle this and and he did and even though it still kind of took him by surprise it's it's a it's an evolution for Felix yeah uh, I, the the first half of the season I felt like Felix wasn't doing enough I was disappointed the second half of the season they've given him a lot more to do it's still the best one of the best scenes all season was him uh, talking to Crystal not Crystal I mean <laughs> for that's sure. phenomenal so great. Yeah, it's nice to see him actually getting out into the field a little bit more, and we get to see his character develop that way. I like it. Now, we had made a lot of predictions that Mark was going to come to their aid and stuff. I actually thought that he might have to sacrifice himself in some way, but he only had to sacrifice his face a little bit. (laughs) By the way, I feel like that was completely unnecessary for him to have to go through that. I feel like he could have just made a phone call to Cody. Instead of FaceTiming? Instead of... (laughs) No, you no, say no. No, no, I, no. First of all, because uh, Rudy, Rudy, is that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah has that scar on his face, scar, so they yeah. needed yes. to like cover that part of his face, and they wanted to show Kendall, so that was necessary. The FaceTime was necessary. Here's what I would have done. Okay, instead of having you punch me in the face, I would say, I would say, I'm going to make a phone call, and we'll send a photo of Kendall. <laughs> no, I think I think they they made the right move. No, I mean. <laughs> I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I think we needed the visual as confirmation. Well, and and here's the thing, though. They needed the visual for confirmation. 
But the punching wasn't necessarily the way to go about it. I mean, Felix is an artist. They could have done, like, makeup, makeup. to make it look, made, made it special effects. But they went, they're like, nope, no time for that. We just have to punch you. I mean, listen, and then we're yeah. even for the whole Dr. Moreau listen, thing. Listen, exactly. That's that's what it was. They might still have some, like, hostility towards yeah. him, some resentment. Yeah, you know, like, that, we're and that's, even. that's kind of fun. Because yeah. like, it was fun. actually brought his makeup kit, and Sarah's like, no, 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 we don't have time for that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was kind of fun to see her punch him in the face, but at the same time, part of me was like, oh, this poor guy, why is he going to get punched in the I face? I know, poor Mark looks, looks so beaten down well, lately. Well, and like, when you beat somebody's face that bad, like that hurts your hand. Like it doesn't. It hurt. The you know, common misconception that television gives us is that when you punch somebody, it only hurts them. No, no, no. It hurts your hand, guys. When you punch somebody, listen, listen to Megan. Badass over here. She's like, listen. Common misconception. I'm always <laughs> beating people's faces. In. Megan also, knows. To hold your your thumb on the outside of your fingers, not like this, because you might break your finger. Remind me <laughs> never get into a fight with Megan. So much about you right now. It's great. <laughs> Well, just words of wisdom. Will tried to punch me last night. What? Yeah, he did. I, I might have. This doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <He> did. Um, <laughs> did you at least? Did you at least do it properly? I I'm sure <laughs> I did. I'm sure I had the proper form. You don't want to break your thumb. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was real wobbly. <laughs> so so there are a lot of moving pieces at this point. They got to have. They, they're getting Mark to impersonate Rudy because they know Rudy's on the hunt. And Rudy's going after their, their, I think she calls it their weakest flank, and it is, the one person who they can't really have in this little protective group because she's out on the campaign trail, Allison. Mm-hmm. And at first there are these scenes, you know, she's on her little campaign bus, and she's she's voting, and she's meeting with her constituents, and Rudy's there in the background, and I'm like, oh, no, do they know? But they know from the start this is what he's going to be doing. They're keeping an eye on him. And they lead him to Helena. <laughs> and let's talk about Helena in this episode because she had so many great things. First of all, she's given the the surprise, a special a kind of a, a gift almost that they, they Donnie tr- found him. I know. They, so so Jessie. first when Donnie was like leading her, like, you know, covering her eyes, whatever, I was like, Oh, this is maybe a little inappropriate, no? Like uh so I was I was concerned maybe that they I, I don't know I didn't know what was happening like it didn't feel totally sexual but it felt like maybe a little inappropriate that there's like a secret between them like why isn't Allison giving her the surprise if there's a surprise I don't know yeah. you know but uh but it was magical it was magical and then they were like doing the reveal of Jesse's towing and I was, I was like it's like, not going to be him it's not going to be him they found the wrong Jesse you know <laughs> it was him it was, it was amazing him. it was amazing and wow. they had a really nice little moment together in the in the tow truck yeah they did um <laughs> that you know it was sweet the uh, two of them together although I have to admit uh, I mean, Helena's adorable and fun, but, you know, Jesse, I feel like Jesse still doesn't know what he's gotten himself into with he's Helena. Like, you got me at soap making. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all about, and she's teaching the kids, she's, I love her Part, song, like, teaching the kids karate, Mrs. S is now her mom. Part of what's so endearing about Jesse is that he is a simple fellow, you know, he's kind of like Donnie, and Helena gravitates towards people like that because she is so good with children, and so I, again, you, 
you understand kind of to an extent, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you have absolutely no idea how dangerous this woman is. Yeah, I mean, if this relationship doesn't work out, like, it's, does she... Does she gouge out his eyes? Like, what happened? Because yeah. she's, she's, I mean, she, look, Helena's never dated, and she's a virgin, she said in the episode. Because she said, uh, I have science baby in me, <laughs> but you will be my first. Yeah. And <laughs> Jessica has no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's like, you had me at soap making, that that's his response. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but my question would be like, okay, that's great, but can you explain science baby to me? Like, what is what does that mean? Oh, what does it mean? Tr- fertilization, it's not exactly a new thing. No, no, it's not. But, like, you would say that. You don't say, I have science for me. Like, even well, <laughs> Helena also doesn't, English isn't her first language, so he's probably like, oh, that, that quirky he's, language. And he's going to raise this baby with I guess that's going to be the plan. <laughs> so many spinoffs I would watch. I know. So I many. would watch the, the fan, uh, Helena and Jesse raising the baby. I would watch the show in a heartbeat. Yeah. Is, it, is it bad that I want like a dream episode where it's still Orphan Black but it's done in like the sitcom format? They did they did it with Scrubs once. They did it in like the traditional three camera laugh track mm. uh, for an episode. It was like a dream sequence the whole time. I would love to see that That'd with the Hendrixes but still incorporating well, all of Clone Club. We're gonna have to write some Orphan Black <laughs> fanfic clearly yeah. here. Yeah. That, and, and Graham and John read that and like they take it into consideration like during their off time. So we should do that or maybe even like make our own webisodes. Let's write up a pitch, guys. Yeah. At the end, when we're done here, we're we're we got enough time. We got we've got the almost a year. So, um, but then they lead Rudy to Helena. Helena gets because, the call. And she has to cut things off with Jesse. Sisters need her. Sisters need her. Although it is like Helena's like the muscle. They just I guess they're just like well we'll send we'll send this army assassin to fight this our pregnant. Is a pregnant woman. And she's more like black ops. You know? Well, he's like, like, oh, he's I'm saying like, he's to like, fight he's a pregnant a, woman. Yeah, got yeah. It. It's just weird that it's like it's like if they know he's going to be there, why don't they all show up to take him out? Yeah. You know. But I mean, still, they did we the love right it. thing. They did we the right it. thing, though. Yeah, because yeah. they know Helena can't well, be beat. She could be nine months pregnant and she would be able to kick his ass. <laughs> she really could. I just I I loved the way the scene was built up because at first I was really nervous for Allison um, when we first see her and then you realize oh no they're they're well aware that this guy is following him and that's when you're like okay they're setting this up what do they have in store and then you see Helena with knives duct taped to both of her hands it was like it was like oh yeah no. That man is not leaving that garage alive. Helena's yeah. a bad bitch. Like, she really is. Yeah. Duct tape's a knife. I mean, that's serious. And I love that she was like, here, it's, you know, you have the duct tape so that, you know, when I slice your bicep muscles, you won't let go of the knife. You will be it'll, sorry. It'll, yeah, it'll, you, it'll, you know, I'm helping you out. Hey, well, it's prison rules also. She said it's prison rules. Um, but the scene, the way that scene She's did so down, wonderful. It, it had kind of a tender ending. Like, she's there on the floor with him, and he's, you know, he's, he was raised this way, too. I mean, he was basically abused and, and made into this thing like she molded, was. Molded, yeah. Yeah. They were both molded into killers. And there is, a, there is a sad quality to, like, this guy could have been something else. He could have been something better, but... You know, well, he was military. They are brother and sister. Yeah, and that's that's something uh, that Helena empathizes with, and she definitely, you know, when she when she killed Parsons, you know, she was very sweet to him uh, right before she kind of 
and you know ended his life out of mercy. So she she's always had that kind of tender side to her. Um, so it doesn't make any it doesn't surprise me. But I also like that she didn't necessarily forgive him either. She was like, no, she was still honest with him at the end. She's like, no, you're a monster. Yeah, like for what you've done. Yeah, but she does have like that sort of that Very compassionate motherly. side. Yeah, exactly. And she wasn't going to let him die alone. You know, she was going to, like, look into his eyes as he was dying, and she was very sort of, like, tenderly touching and his yeah, face and everything. It was, it was very sweet and, and, um, and yeah, and nurturing and whatever. But, but yeah, but still honest. Like, no, this is who you are, and this is who I am. We're not the same. And but there's definitely this acknowledgement of, if it weren't that I found this family... I could be this guy. And I think that's yeah. part of it, too, is that she's looking into what she could have been. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's sad. So that's that's pretty much the end of Caster, because then we get uh, the setup where Ferdinand... Uh, I mean, Cody... I don't think he kills Cody. I think he just takes her, captures her, but... I, it's possible she could still be a player later, later yeah, on, though. Yeah, but I don't think... I, I think Caster as an operation is essentially dead at this point. I've thought that before about certain well, We thought that maybe about Neil Lucian. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hear about them again. What <laughs> happened to that storyline? And and what are they even doing? Just drinking and dancing. <laughs> and Mark is still out there. Plotting. So, plotting you know, this whole time. Scheming. There's a Caster clone out there still, so... Yeah, and... Not we, that he's a bad one, but... We still have to worry about his condition. Like, he's, you know, he's still in town, you know, he's still part of these guys' lives. So, like, and now that they have caster, you know, the original caster DNA, you would hope that they'd be able to find a way to fix him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope there is. I hope there is, too. And I'm sure that's something we will see next season. I, I, I just really quickly want to say, I loved uh, James Frain, who, who is British, yeah. but I don't think I've ever heard anybody sound more British than when he got into this car with Cody. He's like, I'm Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah. like, it was amazing. And the look on his face, he's so like happy. He's like, you must know me. I'm Ferdinand. Yeah, here like, I am. Here. He's great. I, I never thought I would actually like that character. Like, I, the moment we were introduced to him as somebody who was trying to kill all of Clone Club, I'm like, oh, I hate this guy. He's a monster. And at the end of this episode, I'm like, I really like this yeah, guy. I am Team Ferdinand for sure. <laughs> I knew I would like, despite he's killed people that we kind of like. We, they've all he, killed people. He, that's is, true. You know. But he's, I knew I was going to like him from his, uh, his uh, S&M scene with Rachel. <laughs> I knew I was going to be a fan of his character. Um, <laughs> you can so, tell just that early I enough. knew at that point, I'm like, oh, this is the character for me. <laughs> now, there was also, now, while... This is all going on. There are some really great moments between Sarah and Kendall and Mrs. S. And before that, when Kasima comes in, and she kind of... Kendall's being basically a pain in the ass. She is belligerent with some reason... But also, she's being a little over the top with it. She's like an adolescent that needs a nap, that like has low blood sugar, that <laughs> is mad at mom and dad. That, yeah, I, she was the worst. To be worst. fair, her, her daughter was threatening to throw her in sulfuric acid. That's so true. I that's would be true. a little cranky, too. But Well, I feel like that's an opportunity to be nice. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah. Try she, to like smooth like, things yeah. over. Maybe if I work with everybody, yeah. they won't put me in sulfuric <laughs> yeah. acid. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> The, um, but, I mean, also a good bit. She killed Mrs. S's husband. Yeah. You know? Um, but Kasima disarms her in a great way. And we've seen Kasima has, like, 
you know, the best bedside manner of, of any of these clones. Yeah. And of anyone we've seen doing any of the crazy science. Like, she's just immediately, whether it was with Kira last season and in this episode, Kendall, she always does a great job. And by the end, Kendall is helping Kasima. Like, there is something like... Kendall's not. Kendall wants to be better than she is, and we also really get that in the heartfelt little story about how she geared Sarah when she heard there was a missing clone out there that Duncan knew about. She geared the clone towards Mrs. S, so that could be a piece of her. It's a way to be connected to her daughter. Yeah. Which also, I thought it was a little convoluted last episode a little almost soap opera-ish that it's like it's Mrs. S's mother now. But this cleared all that up and now I was when I heard that whole story I'm like oh they did it right and it makes sense Yeah, now. it fell perfectly into place. Yeah. yeah. It didn't feel forced in any way. Yeah, exactly. And I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great scene between the three of them. And then I, I just love Kendall actually throughout the episode all our insults and then her reaction to when Ferdinand's beating the hell out of his man because of me. <laughs> And she's like, what the hell's going on? What the, what the hell's going on? Did you just marry Joseph Sainz? Yeah. Like, oh, suddenly, the woman of God. It's, it's just like, yeah, what is happening? Yeah. Like, this nutty guy starts bashing and things, screaming about Neil. Well, she doesn't know what's I happening. I was really worried that Ferdinand was going to turn on them right after getting, you know, what he needed, right after getting a blood sample, I was actually afraid that he was going to either, like, kill Cody or try to kidnap her or something, because I, I didn't trust him at this time, because, again, he was the lesser of two evils. And then they bring up what happened to Rachel and the Neolutionist, and you just see him flip a switch, and it's like, oh, no, this isn't, it's not going to work that yeah. way. <laughs> we can't give this to Topside? That's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and Sarah handled that. She was so intuitive about that because Delphine called her and said, tell Ferdinand, but what she did was she told Mrs. S, so she handled it like as in, so that he would like overhear that conversation. Yeah. Because that, that fits perfectly in with what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Clandestine about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they handled that well. And they also, early in the episode, because a lot of people on Twitter we were talking about early in the week is like, well, why doesn't she, is that how uh, Sarah's eventually going to look? Is she eventually going to look like they, Kendall? They and they handled it. it right off the top with because she's only from the, oh, no, I'm not a scientist. She was the only chimera. The, yes. Um, <laughs> Kendall is a chimera, which essentially meant that her DNA kind of blended with that of her twin, um, which would explain like why she appears differently than um, than the rest of the clones. That's why she doesn't look the same as them. But her like actual genetic code, um, untainted, I guess, is is the blueprint for what they look like. I guess. I, I, I could, think that's it. It makes sense to me. <laughs> Let me tell you, you are our resident both fighter and uh, you're the Kasima and the Helena of this show. I feel like that <laughs> means our science and PE departments are really, really feeling like a budget pinch. Like, if we were a school, like, that would be where the budget was at because I am <laughs> not a scientist and I am not strong. That's, by the way, something that would totally happen at AfterBuzz. Like... <laughs> Listen, we're experiencing some budget cuts. Can you handle science and PE? Great. (laughs) She knows how to make a fist. That makes her an expert. Yep. All right, before we move on to the storyline that I know everyone is dying to talk about. Dying to talk about. Uh. Uh, um, I want to tell you about... uh, (laughs) 
I want to tell you about uh, uh, mattresses. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's fun because I do need a mattress. I need a new mattress. I've had my mattress a while. They say you should replace it like every eight years or something Have like that. Have you been that. flipping your mattress? No. <laughs> yep, Am I supposed to do one. that? Yes. Well, now I know a place to go. <laughs> Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. The mattress industry has inherently forced customers to pay notoriously high markups. One of the reasons why I haven't bought a new mattress. <laughs> uh, and they're revolutionizing the mattress mattress industry. Uh, Casper Mattress provides resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort. Casper's mattresses is one of a kind, a new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. Hybrid, perfect for the neolutionists like out there. Mattress. Yes, exactly. Uh, mattresses, you know, they often cost like, uh, like this costs like $1,000, $1,500. I mean, this is too much money. But the Casper mattress costs between $500 for a twin-size mattress uh, seven fifty for a full size, eight fifty for a queen size, and nine fifty for a king size mattress. Because they understand that buying mattress online, uh, uh, well, Casper understands that buying a mattress online can have customers wondering how this is possible. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk free. Casper offers free delivery and returns within one hundred day period. It's that simple. Statistically, lying on a bed for four minutes in a showroom has no correlation whether it's the right bed for you. Yeah, I've always wondered. You sleep on the bed there, and you lie down there. How do you know this is going to be a good mattress? You need to live in that mattress for a while. Yeah, you don't know f- until you actually go to bed. So Casper is a risk free experience. Uh, Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress in that uh, in all reality you spend a third of your life on this mattress so get a good one um, so you know Can make you sure like it has me, ju- it's like more like two thirds <laughs> <laughs> it's like just the right sink just the right bounce uh, because of that latex memory foam, you can get a risk-free trial and return policy. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. Plus, it's a mattress made in America that only costs $500 to $950. Uh, we're offering our fans, that's you out there in Clone Club, a special $50 discount if you use our promo code. All you have to do is go to www com slash AfterBuzz, and you can get that uh, that discount. That's awesome. I know if Matt Lieberman were here, he would say that he actually has slept on these. I think he owns a Casper mattress, really? as a matter of fact. Yeah, and he loves them. He speaks highly of them all the time. Uh, so so I wish you were here so he could talk about it more. But he, he has spoken to me in real life about Casper mattresses, saying that they're wonderful, says, uh, says lovely things about them. So definitely. So our own resident Matt Lieberman. Our mattress expert. Our mattress expert endorses Casper mattresses. Uh, by the way, during that whole thing, it was so hard not to say Caster mattresses because we are. Yeah. It, I was we are say, don't buy, buy a Caster mattress. No. It's probably just a cot. Buy a Casper <laughs> or a dog pile. Mm. Okay, so now the thing that everybody's talking about from the episode is Delphine. Oh, Delphine. I know, I know. Delphine. <laughs> Delphine, who I always believed in, <laughs> who I always knew was good and had the clone's best interest, and now don't you feel guilty for I feel all terrible. those negative things you I said about Delphine. I have to rewatch all the seasons now, too, and, like, reevaluate everything. I do. I feel awful. I'm a terrible person. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's true. Yeah, it, there's no way of really knowing until you get to the story's end yeah. who yeah. was trustworthy and who wasn't. Like well, Paul. Exactly. Paul, yeah, Paul turned out to be 
be good. And, I mean, again, not to go into predictions quite yet, but there's still a possibility that she's alive. Well, we yeah. We can see her die. Yeah. The, the thing is, they've been very careful, like, oh, she was shot. They're very careful not to say, oh, she's dead. Although, if I'm 90% Mr. Burns sure. bounced back. I'm just saying. I'm 90% <laughs> sure she's dead. But with this show. Look, I was, also a cartoon. I, <laughs> I was. Look, I was 90%. This is a show about clones and clone magic. Yeah, yeah look, I mean, magic. Helena, <laughs> Helena was shot at the end of the first season. Exactly. I thought for sure she was dead. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally thought she was a goner. But I I th- I do think Delphine is dead. If I would have bet money, that's what I would bet the money. I could on. have seen I could see them going either way. Because this is a world where death does have consequences. Yes. It's it's not like a Marvel movie where somebody can be brought back. Um but no so it would not surprise me if they went that route. Um but it also wouldn't surprise me if they just wanted to keep her around for a little bit, just maybe kind of tuck her away for most of the season if like her shooting schedule doesn't you know yeah because I know I she's, she's working, working on, on a new show so it would be you know I could also see them kind of just putting her in the hospital for a while and then having her come back I mean later. it could be the reveal at the final episode of season 4 Delphine's alive but now we're getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah um, well Delphine's storyline this episode she was putting a lot of pieces together throughout this episode first she's kind of organizing the deal with Topside for Sarah and she, you know, because she doesn't trust Ferdinand, she arms herself, and this comes in very handy later. Uh, then there was the great scene where she goes down to see Rachel, not realizing it's Crystal, and she's there, and she wants Rachel moved out of there. She wants Rachel in some kind of undisclosed location, she tells Neil, and so she's alone with her. Because Rachel's supposed to be dead at this point. Yes, and she looks down at her nails and she notices, because, you know, it's the best manicure she ever had. <laughs> so she's like, oh, this is odd. And then Crystal wakes up, which is, and backhands her when she wakes up, too. And I am so relieved that Crystal is all right, because I thought it was going to be like, maybe she will always be in this vegetative state, or she was just going to be dead, and I'm so glad she's not because I want more Crystal I next season. I was afraid season. they were yeah. going to do away with her. Yeah. Like, I was legitimately afraid that they're like, oh, well, she'll never wake up from this coma, we better pull the plug, and then that would just be their excuse to just kill her and do away with the body and any and all evidence that Rachel ever left. So, I was really concerned. Yeah, I, I was concerned about that too, but I'm also surprised for as... Um, sneaky and conniving and, and brilliant as these people are, that they didn't remove her eye. I, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad, but but I was surprised that they didn't. Like, what what was that sudden no. move it, of laziness? It was so <laughs> funny when they were taking because I watched the episode twice, and when they were taking the bandage off the first time I saw it, I felt like it was taking forever, <laughs> and I was on the other side. And then when I watched the second time, I'm like, oh, it's literally only like two seconds before they removed it. <laughs> but it was so I was so stressed out about Crystal's eye. Yeah. I know we were talking about this last week, but I, I think we were asking. That question, like, why wouldn't they remove her eye? Because that, you know, you dot your eyes and you cross your T's when you're working for a clandestine organization, and you're, yeah, you, you always make sure you have everything in order. You cover your bases, and they did not cover their bases. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that I want Crystal to lose an eye. I certainly don't. Right. But like, these people have no conscience. Yeah. 
they are monsters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they willingly swallow worms, you know? Now, so gross. yes, which is the next thing. I just want to say, now will you just let Crystal into Clone Club? I kind of wanted Crystal to be there at the end. I kind of thought that she might come in at the end of that scene and be like, Oh, we're gonna tell you a story now, Crystal. And we wouldn't see it, but like the idea that I feel like she's earned the truth now. I understand There's wanting no way to kind of protect her, but like it's too late at this yeah. point. You you need to be honest with her. Why do weird things keep happening to me? No, especially because you know especially because Sarah knows that torture too of not knowing and having it just so close but still out of your reach. So Speaking of weird things, yes, she confronts Neilan, who turns out is a neolutionist. He's been working with the neolutionist. Rachel is being held by the neolutionist. Uh, uh, Delphine doesn't realize this at the time, but her mother, Susan Duncan, who is alive, it makes sense. She was a neolutionist. She worked with Leakey. He was a neolutionist. Uh, she seems to be running the neolutionist organization here. And then he. Something weird happens. He attacks Delphine, and he tries to spit this worm that he dislodged from his mouth into Delphine's mouth. I don't know what that was going to do. My first thought was, like, in Star Trek 2, the Wrath of Condos, things that go in your ear, and then you could control. Like, I thought maybe the worm would somehow, like, infect her and control her in some way. It took me back to the 90s when I used to read Animorphs. Anybody get that reference here on this panel? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, we'll go with Star Trek then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mark got it. Thanks, Great. Mark. He gets it. Uh somebody, I'm sure a lot of people out there do get it. I'm sorry that I don't. Uh, what was that? What, I mean, what do you think the worm was? Well, I don't know, but here here's the thing that was strange about it was that first when he was trying to choke something up, I was I was like sure I that it was cyanide pill. Yeah, yeah that's what like I thought. Like what too. Duncan did. Uh but if he had it in his body, it couldn't have been deadly, right? Or could it have Not been? Not necessarily. I mean, he's a neolutionist, so he could have, you know, done God knows what tampering with his own genetic code to make it so that it didn't have any effect on him. Uh, I see what you're going for, though. It's like, would it have been, would it have been something that killed her, or would it have been something that, yeah, kind of went all Star Trek and would have just controlled her, and then they, they have Delphine under, you know. That, that's what I'm going with until we find out next season, I guess. Yeah. But, because uh, the Neolutionists clearly have a, a, a plan. So he tells Delphine, you're not going to survive the night, which at that moment, I'm like, oh no, she isn't going to survive this night, is she? And Delphine then goes and she has, she goes to Shay and she kind of apologizes to Shay and says, you should be with Kasima and Kasima can tell you everything, give her this so he knows. Then she goes to Kasima and she had a scene that I thought was actually a really emotional, really lovely goodbye and Kasima Kasima knows, I mean, maybe she doesn't know Delphine's going to die, but she knows, like, I think this is the last time I'm seeing Delphine. And it was, and I, it, it touched me, because I love these two together. And then she goes back to Dyad, which I did think was a little odd, because she knows people are trying to kill her, and there's some, some people who have been tweeting some theories about that. And she, maybe she had to finish up some payroll. Who knows? You know? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I better sign those checks before I'm dead. Otherwise, those people aren't getting paid. Yeah, that's like <laughs> very respectful to her to die in employees. Yeah. And she gets shot. Now, 
This is what everyone now, all the clone club and the Twitter sphere has been going nuts about. I've been in many conversations with this. I'm gonna say I, I'm just gonna say my theory first. I think it's Shay. I still think Shay is shady. I wouldn't be shocked if Shay was in the illusionist. Shady Shay. <laughs> and you know, I, I I think that Delphine has the line she goes, "What will happen to her?" Which to me is a line about Casima. Mm-hmm. It's about what's going to happen to Casima. So the killer knows Casima. It has to be somebody that yeah that they know both mutually knows both of them. Yeah. And I think you know there's been a lot made of the look on Delphine's face, like because she doesn't seem all that shocked, and I don't think she'd be shocked if it was Shay because I think she's. You know, we're only an episode away from her thinking Shay was definitely bad. So I could see it's being like, I knew it. Like I like, and I also think there's something tragic about, kind of wonderfully tragic in the storytelling that Delphine would put the person who kills her now tells this person, oh yeah, it's okay if you date my my well, ex. Well, and also having given Cosima permission to tell her everything. If it is Shay, the one, you know, that killed her, then that means that Shay will soon have access to all of the information that maybe she was always kind of fishing for. Hmm. So, now, do you have, before we get some, I mean, do you guys have some theories? It's hard to say. I love murder mysteries, so I'm 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 really sad about Delphine. I'm really broken up about it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, there's a mystery of what's... Yeah. (laughs) So I like your theory a lot. But this is also a show that likes to throw us curveballs without necessarily setting it up prior or only not necessarily giving us the pieces to predict what's going to happen. So... I could definitely see it being Shay, but I could also see it being something we can't predict. And right now, I'm either like, well, it's either Shay or some other party that we're, we don't it's necessarily either. fully know about. Yeah. Basically, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's Shay or it's something or else. It's everybody else. I love, I love murder mysteries, but I'm beans at figuring them out. <laughs> I really suck at it. Um, I, but I, yeah, I, I feel you. I enjoy them too. Uh, I don't think she's dead. I think that uh, she was... At first, it looked like she was shot in the chest, but then it looked like her stomach. I don't know. And that might have been a continuity thing. It, it might have been. But but the only people I know to die of stomach, like, gut shots are people of, in, like, the 1950s Alfred Hitchcock uh, film. So um, I don't think she's dead. I don't... I'm not certain who shot her, but I think she's going to be used as, like, a bargaining chip. Uh, Neelan also said to her, we have a place for you. You know, even even though he said to her, you won't survive the night, he also said, we have a place for you. So so yeah. it might be a, a neolutionist. Uh, it might be Shay, but I, I think she's going to be used some, some way as either a bargaining chip or, or for their purpose in some way. And... And it would make sense if it was Shay, um, even though Shay was in the military and we were thinking Caster, she could have been a part of Caster because we know that the Neolutionists have fingers in everything. They're like ticks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there have been a lot of other theories, though. Um, the Uber van had a couple of theories. One, Ferdinand, which, you know, makes sense. Maybe he's playing all sides. You know, he was a top side killer. So, it. I mean, that could be a thing. Also, the theory that maybe Delphine either willingly allowed this to happen because she did not want to get taken by the Neolutionist, she didn't want to be, or she faked her own death in some way. I uh, don't think it's a faked your own death sort of thing because that's not that's not what somebody says 
right, you know, if they're like, okay, you're you're right on time is kind of more what you would expect but as opposed to what'll happen to her. Maybe, though, maybe she would sacrifice herself because she loved Cosima so much and maybe the deal is in place, like, you, you promise to leave them alone, you can take me. So Yeah, I definitely see her going willingly to her death. I don't see her faking her own death, though. But, but... But that would be the question, though. If they did, if they had the deal in place, but she doesn't know really the details yet, she's maybe expecting to have this conversation right now where she says, okay, what will happen to her? But that conversation is not to be had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> short, maybe, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you can't have a big conversation with them. There's public security cameras, and if someone's going to shoot you, they should just shoot you. That's another thing, though. This was, yeah, if there are security cameras there, there's conceivably footage of the murderer. We're, we're hoping Dyad is smart enough to have <laughs> security cameras. <laughs> um, although it seems easy enough to smuggle people in and out of Dyad, so you never know. Um, the um, uh, Dan D. Vale actually joined Twitter, I believe, just to have a conversation oh, about this with us. Awesome. So thank you about, for that. And uh, he had a theory that at first I was like, eh, but it's grown on me a little bit. Scott. Really? I don't necessarily know if I see Scott as the shooter, but when Scott was first brought in in season, not while he was in season one, but when he was first brought in to die at, I remember being a little untrustful of him because Leaky hired him, like, and Leaky did it on his own, and I'm like, eh, I don't really trust Leaky. Maybe he's a mole for Leaky, who was in The Illusionist. So... Mm. That would be one hell of a long con, if that's the case. Well, I mean... Uh, I would be upset if sweet, adorable Scott like turned out that, to be... No, that's that's a dumb theory. Because, I'm sorry, but Scott was at dinner no, no, at well, that's club, why club I, and then, he, then Delphine left and got shot. So. I don't think... Well, see, that's the thing. That's where I disagree with the theory. I don't necessarily, necessarily think Scott was the trigger man. But he could but, have contributed. But he could be involved in some way. Mm. Because, like I said, he was brought in by Leaky. I mean, he got close with Rachel. There had to be, he, remember how upset he was when Felix was bullying her around? And we thought that was just basic humanity. And but he, maybe it's neolutionism. He and his friends were the ones that smuggled her out in, in preparation for her actual escape. I wouldn't put money on this theory, I, but I think there's something to it. I see there's it. some weight to hmm. it, but I I don't want to believe it either because Scott is just so nice and yeah. sweet and adorable. Well, what's great those, is... Those are always the ones, though. Yeah! I mean, that would be... You know, we're talking about how Shay's too <laughs> obvious in a lot of ways. That would be the Major non-obvious twist. choice. Major twist is actually Jesse. <laughs> Jesse's a neolutionist. Jesse towing all this time. (laughs) Or maybe it was a Prolethean. I don't know. That's another group that has kind of gone back to the back burner. And they'll come back later. Mark my words. I am sure. Mark my words. Uh, I am sure that now that neolutionists are going to, because there was always this kind of cool idea of almost like a war between neolutionists and Prolethians. And I I want that war. And I, I like the Prolethians as villains, too. And, you know, but maybe they take care of the neolutionist threat next season and the final season will be all prolethean. I don't know. I mean, there's so much, uh, you know, so much, so much is going on here. And we have, like, till April to talk about this now. <laughs> I know. This is, this is insanity. I, I do want to read one comment off of Twitter. Um, uh, 
Lee, um, Lee Atkin on Twitter. Uh, we do forget about the neolutionists, uh, but Kaiser Soze said the greatest trick the devil, the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Ah. Ah. There you go. Just all those club people. Uh, before we get into, like, I guess what we think might be happening next season, uh, just a few other things. That, dinner table scene. So, so good. So Allison really knows how to give a great speech about family. Mm-hmm. Am I right? And, she's terrific. And she won the election. Yes. <laughs> well, we knew Marcy didn't stand a chance. 56 it, votes. And uh, it looks like Donnie has a new career in waiter service. I, I don't know. <laughs> he was he was great. Maybe that maybe that's the next step. They opened up a restaurant. Yeah. And Helena could make babka, which nobody knew what babka was, I, which I surprised me. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love it. Everybody save room for uh, ethnic cake. <laughs> 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 it was great. It was so cute. Amazing. I guess Bob. Maybe in Canada they don't need a lot of babka, but I, I'm familiar with babka. So never tried it. Is it good? It's good. There was a, you know, they talked about it on Seinfeld a lot too. You know, Bobka. You got to get the Bob, the chocolate Bobka, the cinnamon Bobka. Oh, that sounds great. I could go for some of that. Maybe after this, we'll all go out for that. Um, also, Rachel has a new eye. Yes. Uh, Neolutionist eye. Yeah, we all recognize that right away, right? I mean, yeah. does that mean that Charlotte's mother's dead? Like, yeah. this, what is, is she the, dead? What does this mean for Marion? Somebody, somebody tweeted that. I just, I was just looking at that. Uh, I'm find it. I mean, look, here's the thing. Either, oh, well, this is another thought. Either Marion is in on it and is also an illusionist, and maybe she's the trigger woman. I mean, she did kind of steer them in the direction of Castor this past season. Or... Uh, Mary or Marion's dead. It's Dan, one or the other. Yeah, Dandy Vale said uh, Marion's probably dead, and that makes a lot of sense since Charlotte said you're, you're, you're my, my new mom. <laughs> yeah, and I think he's right. I think Marion's probably dead. I, which I don't know about you guys. If I was a kid, I wouldn't be super accepting of that. Like unless you like bounced around to a bunch of foster homes or whatever. I would not just accept that the woman who raised me all of a sudden is gone. It's like okay, you're my new mommy. But I would not accept that. Well. Well, no, but you're a normal person. Uh, but, but Charlotte, a creepy clown kid. Charlotte was was raised uh, just like Rachel was raised, sort of in the lab. That's and, true. And sort of knows. We don't really know a whole lot about her upbringing, yeah. right? But but she sort of is clued in to the deal. She had she had one of those caster clones in her basement in her house. Him slamming his head against the glass. You know, she's she's yeah. seen a, a lot. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> and Susan Duncan alive. We talked about that a few weeks ago. That had yeah, been that, was that had been my prediction. Guys, <laughs> I nailed it. Uh, but did, am I making this up, or did she have an affair with Doctor Leakey? There was. Um, I don't. I do, I feel like that was alluded to in this episode, but I don't think we knew about that before. Or I did feel, we? I feel like that was talked about actually last season. That that she she I, I, and Leaky had a thing, yeah. and that was what sort of prompted him to try to like, I guess, do away with her husband. I I don't know. I don't, I, know. I, I don't remember, guys. I will be honest. But at the either. same time, you're you're absolutely right. They kind of hint at it that since she has been a neolutionist all this time, it would make sense if they had an affair. And at the same time. Um, her husband, Duncan, said that because she was a neolutionist in this episode, that there were things that he kept from her. Yeah. Right. Well, he didn't say it in this episode because he's dead, but uh, they they said in this episode that there were things he kept with her from her specifically because she was a neolutionist. Well, we've got until April, we have many months, so why not uh, let's make some predictions about what will be happening when we get back. 
I mean, some of the things that I'm thinking also is maybe stuff we want to see next season as well. Uh, uh, Megan, would you like to start? I think we're going to get the cure finally. Like they're now that they have the originals uh, for both uh, Caster and Lita. I think. They're going to have a cure. They're going to, maybe not right away, but they are going to be able to siphon out a cure so that none of our ladies have to worry about dying and that they'll be able to save Mark as well. I'm going to jump on your theory about it being Shay. Okay. I I think that would make sense given what we have uh, set up, but... Um, also kind of expecting them to pull the rug out from under me again. So, yeah. either way... Um, I I do think that the Prolethean... I, I know that the Neolutionists are our main threat right now, but I do think the Prolethians are going to come back. I know th- this yeah. is a pattern that they've done. Villains go to the back burner, and then they come back with a vengeance. They bide their time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've, I've spit a lot of this out like, throughout the episode, but, uh, you know, again, I think Delphine is alive and going to be used by some group or another. Uh, I think Mark's going to make it. I think he's going to be fine. Have we have, have we seen him start glitching yet, even? No, we no. saw Rudy glitching at the beginning of this episode. Right. Um, and well, even last episode. Yeah, so so I think I think Mark's either immune or they'll figure out a cure and he'll be cool. Uh, I think we're going to keep Mark around. And I hope we do. It, it would be nice to ha- still have a male clone here in Clone Club. Yeah. I I hope they do get to the cure. I hope they get... I think I said this going into this season, but I hope they get to the cure... Uh, quickly, Casima's uh, been sick long enough, and now I feel like they have everything they need. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe I need that. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I was a little disappointed in this episode. The one thing I wanted there was no fallout with the Jason stuff, right? And I hope we we get some of that next year because all his fellow drug dealers are basically dead. His suppliers are dead. That's true. That was a loose end. Also, uh. You know, I guess I was wrong about Cal, but uh, he did seem to abandon her in eyes. I mean, I don't know. Why is Kira yeah. by herself? You know, snow? I mean, the thing is, some of these things come down to he was probably shooting Game of Thrones. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's what's... Why is Marion probably dead? Michelle Forbes has other work she has to do. I mean, that's what's <laughs> yeah. unfortunate sometimes about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but... I'll uh, tell you something I'd like to see next season. Uh, going into season two, it picked up immediately where season one left off. This season, the same thing. Season three, it was like later that afternoon. Would you um, like a time skip? I would like a time jump. I wouldn't mind a time jump where we see Helena's gotten a little more pregnant. The clones of maybe, you know, the, she's raising Kira and things have quieted down a bit. Uh, maybe even Kasim is like dating Shay and things are going well and she's feeling healthier. Like I wouldn't mind a little bit of a time jump. And then also maybe Rachel is back to full Rachel mode. I, I don't I don't know. Sometimes with time jumps cool I'm not big on. But robot eye. Yeah. I feel like this, especially where it left off where they went to Iceland at the end of the episode, I feel like it's not going to pick up like the next day. So I wouldn't mind there being a time jump. We got some frequent flyer miles collecting over the season. We're, like, yeah. we're in England, we're in Iceland. Like, uh, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot more like a kid focus next season. You know, yeah, because Kira, for her own safety, went away for a little bit. And right. a time jump would actually make sense 
sense because the actress is getting older. So and, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think there is going to be more of a, a kid focus because I think Charlotte's probably going to be if Rachel Rachel always wanted to be a mother, right? And now if she's going to be raising Charlotte, yeah, that's yeah, she almost be. got her hands on Kira. Now that I yeah. remember, it's like yeah. Ugh. yeah. So uh, that's something I'd like to see, and I think we will see a lot more people with tails and other crazy things. Which, again, it makes perfect sense because the book, The Island of Dr. Moreau, it fits yeah, it's, it's perfect. Great foreshadowing. So, I guess that's it for the season. Oh, uh, I know. It, it was a great season, guys. It was so good. Yeah. Please, you know, we're, we're around all year, so tweet at us. We'll miss you. Yeah. We'll think of you. Still feel free to use the hashtag. I, I check it pretty frequently. I check it every week. So. Yeah, let's keep the discussion going to get us through the next, like, ten months. I'm already sad, yeah. I know. I'm so sad. I I'm, want to know. I'm going to be rewatching all the seasons to, like, reevaluate Delphine and stuff. So mm-hmm. if just your to, like, ideas for our, uh, our fan fiction. Megan, where can uh, everybody find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I've also started writing articles for the Movie Chick. It's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out, uh, especially since we've been doing Movie Chick quick reviews for Popcorn Talk. So check those out too. They're great. Nice. Anna. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Couple for Mayor. K O P P E L F O R M A Y O R. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link. And uh, listen to my podcast. I talk about pop culture all year round on this podcast. Uh, it's a Will Sean podcast. Mm-hmm. It's on iTunes. It's Clearly. very funny. We talk they about do. topical stuff. Just, just listen to it. Okay, until then, until next year, Clone Club, we will see you then. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Clone you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.